Welcome back to another episode of Ring That Bell Podcast, um, episode 10 here. It's been a while since we recorded last. Um, Sixers news was going slow, off season, but there's not now. The Sixers have officially hired Glenn Rivers since there's only one doc in Philly um, about a week ago. Um, unlike every other Sixers podcast, we wanted to wait um, – a week to let everything marinate here, Doc's press conferences, his one-on-one interviews. Um, now that it's marinated, it's time for us to do the show. And um, who better than have Keith Pompey on for his second appearance? Yes, sir. Um, how you doing, Keith? I'm doing well. What's up, y'all? I'm good. I'm good. It's good. Um, so... I, I want to hop right into this thing because I'm really excited and really eager to hear some of your, your answers to these questions. Okay. Um, first things first, how do you like the signing of Glenn Rivers? I like it. I mean, I, I think when he became available, he became the best candidate that they had. Now, I'm in the minority. I liked Ty Lue. I mean, I understand the whole LeBron James thing, but he did win a championship, you know, and I felt like he played with Kobe and Shaq and you know he he dealt with LeBron so he could deal with superstars but when uh Doc Rivers I'm gonna call him Doc Rivers I know everybody call him, <laughs> him I'm gonna call him Doc Rivers and when when Doc Rivers became available it was one of those like you can't hire Dan Tony over this dude nothing against Mike but when you look at the the roster you had to go after Doc Rivers and that was just my opinion and the fact that they got him, I think it was a great hire for the Sixers. I, I, I see. I agree. I think that as soon as Doc became available, it was a no-brainer that you had to go get him. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, he—he's just the guy that I think put your team into the next step if he's willing to get these guys going, like make these guys accountable for themselves which I believe he will. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, Doc said that he wants to have his coaching staff built together, like, as soon as possible. Um, besides Gentry, who obviously is with Sacramento now, have you heard any potential assistance for his staff, or is there any rumblings of anybody? Yeah, um, let, let's see. What was his name? Sam, Sam Cassell is interviewing for the Houston job. If he doesn't get that job, he'll most likely come here with the with the Sixers. And yeah, Sam Cassell like would be a great addition. Yeah. And yes, then um, I think a guy, O'Con- O'Connor, I believe his last name is, he'll most likely be here too. I got to look it up. Um, but he's another guy on Doc's staff. And then there's a guy, Armand Hill, who's been with him the longest a lot of people expect him, him to come. Now Armand was was on the was a bench coach with him in Boston. He played college ball under Pete Carrill, who was a legendary coach back in the day at Princeton. So he went with him with Boston, and then he went with him to uh, the Clippers. And um, you know what I mean? He's a guy who typically works out with the guards. Now again, nothing is finalized with Armand, but. I believe that he's going to come with him because he's been Doc's right-hand man the longest. So, right. you know, and I think Doc is trying to get a great staff together, but I, I believe that, you know, that's the direction that he's going to go. Right. So 
Sam Cassell would be an absolute steal if he if he doesn't get any head coaching jobs. He was one of the assistants that I was really praising the Sixers to sign because I think that he would help Ben Simmons big time because if you know Sam Cassell in his playing days, he's one of the best mid-range shooters ever. Exactly. And I think that he would push that with Ben Simmons tremendously. But uh, Hopefully I mean, he doesn't I get that Houston job. Yeah, you know, see, the thing is, I think the one question mark is, like, you know, Ty Lue's a, a candidate to get that Clippers job. Mm -hmm. So if you got these guys, they already have their houses out there, their right. family is situated. So it's like, okay, do I really want to go with Doc or do I want to take this Clippers job? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah I, 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 do, I do think Sam Cassell, from what I'm hearing, is that he's going to be here. He's going to be here. Keith, let, let me jump in real quick. Um, okay. So he's assembling his staff. Do you think he's going to have, um, you know, say over what players we bring in, maybe reshaping this roster a bit? It, you think he might have say over Elton to an extent? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, of course, they're, they're saying they're going to work together, right? Right. But typically, and whenever you hear a coach, whenever a coach is asked a question about, what's your role? And he says, me and the general manager are going to work together. Well, the coach has a huge, a lot of say, because typically you say, well, that's his decision. I'm just going to coach the team. Right. But when you start saying, you know, we're going to work together. Yeah. He's going to have a, a huge role. And, and the thing about doc, like, I mean, you expect him to have a huge role just because, you know, the guy won a championship, you know, he's one of the top coaches in the, in the league all time. So it's, it's, for him to come here, it's kind of like you got to basically give him some freedom, give him some power. So, yeah, yeah. he's going to have a huge hand in, in everything that goes on. See, now that cracks me up because I've seen a bunch of writers and, and stuff say that Doc isn't going to have say in, in moves that happen. It's all going to be Elton. I don't think Doc got that memo because – in his press conference and in his one-on-one -on -one interviews, he's like, like you said, me and Elton, me and Elton. There yeah. was something he said on uh, the broadcast um, for the Sixers, and he said um, something along the lines of, I want to make Elton the best GM ever. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that, to me, means that he's going to be making moves and make him look well. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the thing is, the, see, that's the thing. And, and I get it. I get it. You know, see, Doc Rivers doesn't have the quote unquote title. Right. So so that is correct. However, and, and they don't want Elton to look bad. And I get that. And I'm not saying he does look bad. But when you deal with somebody who's coming over here, and he was a former president of basketball ops for the team that he left, you know, and then after he gave that title up, he was still heavily involved. And then you have a guy who was his second year as a general manager. This dude, he would be foolish to not come over here and not have any say. That's a no brainer. Now it doesn't, it doesn't like make the Sixers look good. If they publicly saying, Oh, well, yeah, we have a general manager, but this guy is calling the shots. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So what he's saying is right. He's going to work with Elton. I look at it as like, you know, he says a partnership, but he's going to nurture Elton. He's going to help Elton out. 
to whereas, you know, by the time he leaves, Elton is going to be that guy. But you right. can't, like, think that he's going to come in here and be like, y'all got three centers you want me to work with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm good with that. Nah. <laughs> I think that was just such an underrated part of the Doc Rivers hire was just the help that Elton Brand's going to get with having someone like Doc Rivers as the coach. But Doc Rivers is going to help him, you know, figure out what pieces this Sixers team needs. And I just think it's going to take some pressure off of Elton Brand just, like, as the GM, I think – Doc's just going to be a huge help with just acquiring different pieces and reshaping this roster. I agree 100%. So, so Keith, um, on, I think it was his press day when he named a bunch of players that he was looking forward to coach. He didn't mention Horford. And I caught about 10, 15 minutes of your podcast this morning. I didn't get to listen to the whole thing yet. But you mentioned how Horford is better when he plays the center. Do you think he's out of the equation definitely long term? I think he could be, I, you know, here's the thing. Like I haven't really spoke to doc one-on-one on that. And I don't even know if he would like be straight up with me at this particular time, just because, you know, he just met me. But when you look at, when you look at Al Horford and you look at what the Sixers need, and I think it would be best for both parties if Al left. Now, the only problem is that's a lot of money that you're going to, someone's going to have to take in. So they're really going to need them. But, you know, I look at the Sixers and what's missing in the starting lineup, someone who can stretch the floor, someone who can stretch it. So when you look at it and moving forward, as good as Doc Rivers is, when you look at this starting lineup, you can't really say how far, I mean, how much they're going to improve unless they get a shooter and, and, and get rid of someone that you don't really need right now. And to me, that's Al Horford. So. For me, playing general manager and, and knowing how disappointed, not really disappointed in him, but how that trade kind of backfired on him, I do look at them trying to move him. Now, again, someone has to take him because that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? That's the hardest but, part. Yeah, you that's think the, the hardest part. Do you think the buddy heel thing is realistic at all? So I that, that's where I, I was going to hop in. So, like, yeah. you see on Twitter all the time, but like the, the buddy and Al swap, you see all these trade uh, machines and all that. Have you heard anything about something along those lines? And do you have, believe that they, they could actually work on it and get something done? Because everything, everything you see and all, all buddy healed shows one that he wants no parts of Sacramento anymore. He's done. Mm-hmm. He's finished Two, He has hinted many, t- many, many times that he wants to be here. Mm-hmm. People say don't look into social media with athletes, but these younger athletes, you should, because he's liked so many Sixers things, not even just to Sixers social media. It's been like fans and all that. I, I just, I don't know how you don't work something out because people say the contract, Al, Al Horford's contract, Al Horford's contract. Well, Next season, not this season, but the season after, he uh, Buddy Hill's contract jumps up to twenty-four million. So if you really think about it, they kind of even themselves out moving forward after next year. So, but it's also twenty, isn't it? Twenty is twenty-two million this upcoming year, right? Yeah, yeah last year yeah, was four so million. This year's twenty-two. Yeah, it's twenty-two. And the year so, after is like twenty-four point seven or something. Like yeah. That. Now you can do that. Like so, yeah, they could. To be honest with you, that's the perfect trade. Now, again, the, the 
Sacramento may have to um, throw someone else in there to make it work. Right. And I, I, there is some, see, typically when someone talks a player and they want to be traded, then what happens is, and they say to a team they want to be traded to, typically what the Sixers would do or any other team in this instance is you ought to, you have to make a call to that team. Right. You have to. You have to say, hey, and not just them, not just the Sixers, a lot of teams. Hey, what are you guys going to do? Are you trying to trade them? And if uh, you're Sacramento, you're like, well, you know, we're we're happy with them. Um, we're not, you know, you're saying all this stuff to keep the price up, right? Mm-hmm. But so uh, I believe the Sixers, and I'm not, again, I didn't ask Elton or anything like that, but everyone make, every, all teams make these phone calls. So whenever mm-hmm. you hear that, like, oh, such a Sixers contacted someone because their team was talking about trading them. Well, you have to contact them. If you don't contact them, you look like an idiot, right? But this is where the thing gets crazy because this, the, as much as Buddy keeps yapping, his trade value goes down. So mm-hmm. initially with Al Horford, initially they would say to the Sixers, I know y'all are trying to get rid of Al. In order to get Buddy, you may have to give us a draft pick. Right. You have to do this. You have to do that. Thibel. The more, the more, yeah, Thibel. But see, that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. But right. the more that nice. Buddy, the more Buddy keeps yapping, is like, oh, yeah, you that draft pick we was going to get you? Uh, maybe not. Maybe we'll give you a second round pick or something like that. You, you know what I mean? So right. if you're Sacramento, the more he keeps yapping, you're going to want to hurry up and get the deal done. Exactly, yeah. You're going to want to get it done. Now, here's my only question with Buddy Hill. I love Buddy Hill as a shooter, but if he comes to Philadelphia, he has to understand that, you know, that's what they're going to need him as, a shooter. It's not – his role isn't going to be, okay, it's Buddy Hill night. Everybody just, you know, mm-hmm. spread the floor, let Buddy go to work. So – while he's he wants to be here, he has to understand that your role is going to be like sort of like what JJ Redick and all of them did, mm-hmm. unless you come off the bench and he wants to start. So that's my only concern is like when you talk to him, you got to let him know, dude. It's like, uh, nah, bro, we ain't. Uh, if you make the All Star <laughs> team, you make it on you, but it's not like we're 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 we're, we're running plays for you now. You know, this isn't I mean? gonna so, turn into Buddy Hield's team. I yeah, see, it's I, not. Yeah, it's not going to be Buddy. Nah, see, I feel I, I feel as he's been in such shitty situations with his career with the teams and how bad they've been that I feel like all right, he got paid, he got this contract. I feel like if he gets into the right environment where it's a championship caliber team that he might put his, you know what I mean, pride in the backside and be like, okay, let's go get this thing. And I, I think that he's showing that he could do that in Philly with the how much interest he's, he's showing or at least the hints he's showing. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But at the same time, I think that, you know, we got to understand that this is Joel Embiid's team. If Ben Simmons is like 1A, and then it's like it's going to be Tobias Harris, you know what I mean? And then Buddy is going to be – he's going to get his if he comes here, but it's not going to be like with Sacramento. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Sacramento, it was De'Aaron Fox and then Buddy Hill. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, Buddy comes off the bench and he doesn't like that role. So again, a great fit. Now, that's a lot of money to give a guy who you just want to be a floor, a floor space. That's a lot of money. So, you know, the Sixers have a lot of thinking to do, but at the same time, it's a, it's a high price need. But Al Horford is making a lot of money to be the backup center. We gave right. we gave JJ Redick a lot of money to space the floor, so I'm I'm all in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And he's younger, he can play D. I'm in. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's good if it works out. Right. I'm happy with it. Keith, going back to Doc Rivers end. So you mentioned Ben and Embiid as being one one A. Who benefits the most from Doc Rivers being head coach out of those two? Hmm. Great question. It's a great question. I'm going I'm to take the easy way out. They both do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know what? But I, in, in a way, in a way, I, I kind of think uh, I think Ben does. I mean, now, now here's again. I think that is close, really close, extremely close. I think they both do. But uh, when I look at it, I, I would say Ben. And and the reason being is because. You know, I think Ben is with a guy like Doc Rivers is a guy who will challenge him, a guy who he respects, you know, a guy who Ben looks at it, will look at it like, wow, Tracy McGrady was before he had Doc Rivers. He was known as, you know, Vince Carter's like cousin is mm-hmm. understudy, so to speak. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tracy McGrady became the man under Doc. Oh, yeah. That you know was what I mean? Guy. Yeah, he became the man. And then you look at, so that's one Hall of Famer. You know, he also coached, uh, you know, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. These are, you know, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen already in the Hall of Fame. Paul Pierce is going to be one. So I I think like from Ben, it's like a credibility type thing. And if Doc says to Ben, like, look, when I got, um, when I got McGrady, there were certain weaknesses he had. And I told him, like, to just unleash it and play. And if you, like, shoot the ball, man, you just don't know how powerful you can be. You can be unstoppable, like first team all NBA. And I think that will pay dividends. Now, in regards to Joel, I think that, you know, Doc, you know, both of them, he'll call them out, like, in practice. And he'll call them out. He'll he'll bench them at times, you know, if they mess up. He'll do things like that. So I think that's also going to be good for Joel because, you know, you're looking at this guy and you're saying, okay, uh, DJ, um, you know, was, became an all-star under Doc. You know, he's like a role-playing center, right? Mm -hmm. He became an all-star. You look at Kevin Garnett, you look at all these other guys that he had, big post players. Um, So I, I think when you, when you talk about that, I think that it's going to benefit both of them. But I think that Ben could go to the next level with somebody like Doc Rivers, you know, riding him, telling him what he needs to do. Right. So, so I heard that the Sixers are in the process of searching for a president of basketball operations. I was wondering if that's true. And if so, have you heard any names pop up? Um, I know it's they're going to be under Elton, so they'll be answering the, to Elton. But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, they've been doing this for a while. So, like, a tip, initially, what they were doing is they was looking above Elton. I mean, well, they were, but they weren't. Like, they were, like, sending out, like, question, not questionnaires, but, like, 
fillers to see if this person was available. But they, to be honest with you, this whole process, they've been doing that for a while now. Like mm -hmm. while they're looking for a coach, they're also looking for people to work underneath Elder. Right. And then there was a chance that at one particular time that maybe that person would become the general manager and Elton would be elevated as a president. You okay. know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it, it, the stuff right there is, a, is really fluid, you know, and I really would like to see, you know, how everything goes now that they have Doc in the mode. Right. Because, it, you know, let's see if if, if he's going to have a hand. I mean, I don't know. But if, is he going to have a hand in the hiring process? Are they going to hire somebody from the Clippers, so to speak, mm -hmm. who used to work for him? You know, so, yeah. So what it is is, they're not going to hire um, someone above Elton, but it will be below him. And if the person comes in as the GM, then Elton could possibly move up to the president. But you know, I, I don't know if they're if they're still thinking that anymore. Uh, Have you heard any names or no? It's just too early. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I mean, they, like what it is is there were some big time names, but they don't want the job. So a lot of these guys will be basically people that y'all probably even heard of, like. Mm -hmm like assistant general manager or you know something like a third a second like a third guy at another team right who will come here and get like a promotion you know right. what I mean that's what it is yeah okay so Elton said that there were going to be changes in the front office we have yet to see any changes um are there any to become I mean I heard that Alex Rucker isn't going to have any say in anything now um I'm is that true? I mean, that's what I wrote. That's what I reported. Um, here's, here's the thing. I, I think that, like, what it was is initially when everything went down, Alex Rucker was expected to lose his job, right? Yeah. Whenever, whenever it came, like a month or two months down. And then it got to a point gradually that, you know, Alex Rucker looks like he could stay on. And if he stays on, you know, he would probably be back in charge of the analytics department, right? Mm -hmm. And, but he would be more of an information gatherer as opposed of like a decision maker. Okay. Now, again, a lot of this stuff has to do, like if they were going to go out and get a president, let's just say if they went out and brought in a new team president, well, ultimately that would be his decision, like on what to do with these people. Now, again, the owners would say you can do whatever, you know, if I want to keep them, whatever. But ultimately, when you bring in a president, the president is going to bring in his own people. Right. Right. Now, if you bring in somebody under Elton, then that has to be up to like Elton and Doc and whoever else is making these decisions. Mm -hmm. But from the, the fact that they're staying this long leads you to believe that they're not going anywhere, you know, and um, and, and like the, it, it leaves you to believe that they're not now again. Maybe, you know, this is a, a different type of year, you know, maybe like they could wait till after the draft and make some decisions on people. But I'm under the impression that he's still here and still in the building, so to speak. Um, I believe that, you know, he's going to stay. I believe that they, they said they were going to make changes and they decided to keep, him, you know. Okay. So going off what you just were talking about the draft, it's it's coming up quick, and the last time we spoke, um, we spoke about potential draft selections of the Sixers. Um, have you started looking at any more 
names, or if so, who do you think stands out as a good fit? Be honest with you, I was like really focusing on the coach <laughs> like, <laughs> since, we, since we talked. When now is the draft? Yeah. <laughs> the draft is November the 18th. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, like, what's the guy? The guy from Stanford is pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, Ty, uh, Tyrell Terry. Yeah. 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 I, I like him. But my thing is, I think with the 21st pick, the Sixers, you know, right now the Sixers are trying to win a championship. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, if, if, if you're trying to trade someone and you may have to throw in that draft pick, like if I'm the Sixers, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm evaluating talent, but it, the Sixers have to improve now mm-hmm. because their window is going to close pretty soon. And, um, you know, to me, I, I don't, I, I think I'm dangling that 21st pick. Now, right. again, I may draft someone, but I'm dangling that thing to see if I can, a move up or or B if I can use that in a player to um to bring in somebody that they need right about yeah. now. You know? Who do you think we yeah. could try to go after with that? I don't know. It's like it depends. Like wow. I mean I always thought that Buddy would have been the guy if someone like him. But he just keep. I mean, he yaps a lot, so you may not have to do that, mm, right? But, you know, you know. I, I don't know. I, I, what? I don't, a, what about? I mean, you think uh, Drew Holiday or maybe a little Lou Will reunion for Doc Rivers? I mean, I really like Drew Holiday. I mean, yeah. I do. I like, and, and you know what? It it could be one of those things to get Drew Holiday. You would probably have to give up that that contract now if you're. If you're the Pelicans and you think you have a shot of making a championship, um, do you want to give up all that? Do you want to like allocate that that cap space to to um, Al Horford? Hell no. I mean, maybe they. And you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but see, here's but, but here's my thing. They have a young center who's a rookie, right? Um, he still, you know, still has to grow. Then they have. Um, Derek uh, Favors. Derek Favors. Well, I think Derek comes all came off the books. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But then they have Jalo Okafor. Yeah. Right. And if yeah. you're trying to if you're trying to make a playoff push, then yes, Al Horford would be good for you. Um, and he the young guys can learn from it for his work ethic. But Drew Holiday, I love Drew, but if I'm the Pelicans, I would not get rid of Drew. Just because if he's a leader, you know, it doesn't make any sense for them. No. Nah, nah, we would have to, we would have to trade, trade a lot. Mm-hmm. We would have to give up draft picks and probably Thibel as well. Nah, I don't think you gotta give up that. So? Nah. The thing about Thibel, Thibel is a good player, but when you look at that team, you know, I, I know they have, um, you know, they, you know, they have some nice young guys, but I think their wings positions is like probably their deepest right now true so like Fibel is kind of like okay is he's good he's a great defender but is he a better shooter than the other guys we have you know what I mean but yeah yeah, but typically I mean a lot of teams at the trade deadline a lot of teams wanted Fibel you know they were like hey we're trying to get rid of this guy well you got to give him (laughs) Fibel 
Especially the way Doc was talking about Thibodeau. There ain't no way that man's letting him go. Yeah, he was saying defensive player of the year and all that. So yeah, yeah. Like, no- the way Doc was talking, it's like it's like this roster isn't changing. I don't know. That's that's just the vibe I got. Well, they always like, say that. You yeah, have to say that. I mean, think about this. Think about when Brian Colangelo came here, and he and he he said the obvious. He says we have a log jam at center. He was basically saying the teams like. If you want to come and get in New Orleans or you want to come get Okafor, come on. And what happens is that their draft stock dropped and the Sixers couldn't really get anything for them. So you always have to say, oh, no, we're keeping this. We're keeping it because yeah, you, you don't want to be like the Sacramento Kings with Buddy Hill talking about, <laughs> I'm not calling the coach back. And people like, oh, oh <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's kind so, of a head case. <laughs> so, Doc, so, so going off of, of – we were talking about Lou Williams. Doc loved playing him off the bench, but obviously got top player minutes. Um, and Doc talked really, really highly of Shake Milton's ability. Um, do you believe that Shake Milton can fill that role for Doc? And do you yeah, – um, under Doc, can you see him potentially being a six-man-of-the-year type player? Time would tell. That's I, I can't. Nah, I can't answer that one. That's, that's <laughs> no. I mean, and, and, and I'm not making a knockout of shape. It's yeah. just that I think, like, all right, personally, I'm gonna be real with you. Like, when people had these press conferences, you know, like, it's great. They say all the right things, and Shake is a good player. But I don't think you know, like, when we ask Doc questions. People asked him about Ben's weaknesses and stuff like that. He wanted no parts of it. Yeah. I mean, he didn't want no parts of that. And I understand it because, you know, you want to talk to the guys, you know, one-on-one. You want to see him in the gym. You want to do this. I think Shake is a good player. I I think that he was put in a bad situation when they asked him to be the point guard because he's more of an NBA combo guard than a point guard. He's a scorer. I think under Doc Rivers, he's going to get better. But when we're talking about Lou Will, that's a lot of pressure, man. That's a yeah. lot. You know, that's a uh, lot. No, no, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I was just saying is, as far as that type of role of, of being the sixth man, getting a good amount of minutes, because I know Doc was really talking big time about him, especially that he's seen Shake up, up, up front scoring 39 on him. Um, yeah, I think he's got talent, he and he he plays a similar game to Lou Will in the fact that they both shoot, they both can handle the ball. You know what I mean? They they, they both they both can they both like having the ball in their hands. So that that's the only reason why I, I do. But if I'm Doc, I'll be I'm gonna be real with you. If I'm Doc, um, the one guy that I'm trying to do my um, my damnedest to bring back is Alec Burks. Yeah, I think yeah. Alec Burks can be that role for Doc. I do. I think I think Shake can come in and and gradually Shake can develop in that. But right now, I think that Alec Burks, if he can come off the bench and he can just straight give them buckets. Yeah, and right now again, he's free agent. I was gonna say, but, do you think they have the money for that? Because I know their cap situation is it's not that not that good. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like they 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 picked up his rights when they traded for him. Okay. So okay. it's the thing is, well, what do you want to pay for? But yeah, I mean he's going to get money now. The only problem is that there are, you know, there are going to be certain players like Anthony Davis and 
and and you know top flight guys who are going to get a lot of money mm-hmm. but with this with the cap projected to be at best the same it is this year mm-hmm. a lot of teams aren't going to pay guys what they think they're going to get you know right. you know so i could see him like if he wants to come back basically signing like another one year deal and and then probably being a free agent next year but but I don't know. It depends on what role you get too. You know. Yeah, um, yeah I, I really like his game. But look, you know, it, yeah, Shake could develop into it. But at the same time, you know, I, I just if I had a pick between the two, I'm going with Burks. So, especially in win now mode, I think yeah. Burks is the easier. Yeah, option. that's what it is. You gotta be. Yeah, you yeah you have to. Um, I mean, he's a veteran. I mean, he has a reputation of doing that. You know, I, I don't know. I would just yeah. – that's bigger, good. stronger. That's not a bad six and seven to have. Yeah, no. Nah. Nah. So, so, one thing that I've been thinking about is the the man who has not really been, talk, been talked about, well, really a kid, Zaire Smith. Like, what, what, go, like what happens with him? What a question. Because, like <laughs> – you don't ever hear about him in any plans moving forward. So, like, what? what them peanuts. I mean, I think the best thing that can happen for Zaire will probably. I mean, it's good that you have Doc in here, a different guy, and I'm pretty sure Doc will probably maybe try to look at him. Maybe they may have he probably in the gym getting a workout in, and Doc will look at him. But but I think for Zaire, the best thing would be getting a fresh start. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Zaire. You know, I can't say that he ever got a chance. I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was hurt the one time um, after eating something in the cafeteria. <laughs> and then, like, you know what I mean? It's crazy. And then, like, you know, last year, you know, even before the season started, they sent him down to the G League. You know, so it was whatever. Re- he just never got an opportunity. And you know, not last summer, summer league, he looked good. So I think athletic. Yeah. Athletic. Now, again, is he raw? Yeah. But I mean, they drafted a six, three power forward saying, we're going to turn you into a two guard. (laughs) I mean, but they never gave him an opportunity to show that he could play two guard. Mm -hmm. So if I'm Zaire, I think the best thing that could happen um, is, uh, is, is getting a fresh start going elsewhere. Yeah. Cause I mean, Doc's known for not really playing his younger guys, so I, I, I don't know if he really gives him a shot regardless. Um, like you said, you might give him a look, but I don't, I don't know how. Yeah. Going, going, looking at the eight deep on the Sixers right now, I don't know how he gets into that rotation. I said I said Michael Porter Jr. that day, man. Oh, uh, don't even get me started. <laughs> but the thing is, if you don't make that trade, you don't have Tobias right now. But if you don't do that, you don't know what possibilities you could have right now. So Facts. Speaking of <laughs> Tobias, do you think we'll see improvements in his game under Doc Rivers? Just because he played really well for the Clippers under Doc. And I thought that was like an underrated part of the hire, too, is I think Tobias Harris is we're kind of going to see a different animal under Doc. I just want to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, when you look at when you look at Tobias, you know, Tobias was there for two years, parts of the two years. Um, he was here for parts of two years. And with that being said, um, I'm sorry, I had to take care of something right quick. But with, with, with that being said, um, 
I got to make y'all laugh at this one after I answer this question. But, <laughs> but, but, but with that being said, I, I think that Tobias came here and he wasn't utilized the right way. Right. right? right. Mm-hmm. They had him standing in the corner when he was playing with the Clippers. Doc made him attack. And they got to a point when if Tobias didn't attack, Doc would curse him out. Right? <laughs> that was his motivation thing. So with that being said, I think he's he, he's in his best situation. So Doc, he there's been knocks on him saying that he doesn't hold guys accountable, which I don't believe is true because you I, I'm I'm a weirdo. So like I go on other teams' social medias and I'll go and I'll look at their uh I guess you want to say like they're behind the scene videos and stuff like that where they show practices and all that and I see him getting on players all the time so like how do you think he's gonna hold Ben and Joel accountable and how do you see them responding to one doc and to a new voice and if, yeah a new voice I think he's gonna coach them and you know like you said you see him getting on people you know every I think everyone you you see where, where you can push buttons, like how you can motivate people. Mm-hmm. So everyone is different. So I think he's going to coach them now. In regards to holding them accountable, um, I, I, I think what people say about that is, you know, you look at it, you know, he's a coach and he's had veteran ball clubs. And a prime example, when he was in Boston, Kevin Garnett was the leader of the locker room. Like he was the guy, like, look, fellas, this is what we have to do. You know, so I think Doc is the type of guy where, you know, he's, you know, he's he all about the X and O's. He's all about, you know, having practices on time, doing all this other stuff. But as far as like off the court, he's always had or uh, in the locker room, he's always had a veteran guy there to police the locker room, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I think that also, you know, a lot of people may criticize as far as accountable. Well, you know, you get a guy like um, Kawhi, who's a guy who's basically is a quiet guy who keeps to himself. He's a superstar in a way. So you uh, you treat everyone different. Superstars, they get special treatment. You know, and some from what I hear, some people were upset because they felt like Paul George got that treatment too. Well, you know, Paul George is getting paid royal, like getting paid money. And I think, you know, if we're really going to be 100% honest with ourselves, you know, guys like Ben Simmons and Tobias and uh, and um, Joel Embiid, they get treated differently than a Furkan Korkmaz or Zaire Smith. Right. It's just how it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, in the past, like in Boston and, and other places, you know, you had some of these guys who were just hard workers and they were the ones who held people accountable. Like, look, look at Phil Jackson. Like, Mike, if you look at the last dance, Michael Jordan was the one who was like ripping everyone and getting on them. You know, Phil Jackson was like the one like, uh, you know, like, hey, come here. Michael's not that bad. Don't worry. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, 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 yeah. So I don't know. I, I understand what people are saying. But sometimes you got to have leaders in the locker room do that stuff as well. Oh, big time. They, they definitely missed that last year. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Because no they, they brought Horford in here thinking he'd be a leader. And that just, at least to me, it looked like he was a mute. Like he just, We miss J.J. Radical a lot. 
Well, the thing about Horford is it depends. See, you gotta you gotta realize who you get. Like there's certain people they lead differently. Like JJ Reddick was vocal. Jimmy was vocal. Jimmy was trying to be the choir boy when he first came here, but he's a vocal leader, right? But he also but he also leads by example. So does JJ. But Al Horford is a leader by example. You know, Al Horford is the type of guy, you know, he has the family, he spends time with his family, but he's like, he's one of those workers. Like he's mm-hmm. the one that, you know, he's not, he'll sit down and he'll talk to you, but he's not going to get all up in your face and do this. But what you do is you walk around and you, you come to the gym and you see him. You see him working hard and you see him putting in the work. And so that's how he leads, if that makes sense to you. You know, so I don't think that it's, it was bad of him. And I know he got criticized, but I just think that you got to know who people are you're bringing in here. You know what I mean? Now, JJ, of course, was a vocal guy. Jimmy was a vocal guy. Um, Josh Richardson is a vocal guy. You know what I mean? But typically, when you have a bunch of vocal guys, you want them to be your superstars. Like, uh, I'm going to just share this one thing with you, because I have a friend who played for the Spurs, and he told me how um, when he was young, it was rookie year, that David Robinson was the veteran, right? Mm -hmm. And David Robinson was the best player on the team. And what he would do is after one game, they said David Robinson had like a double-double, but he had a 30-point game and like maybe 15 rebounds, right? Mm -hmm. So after the game, it was an afternoon game. So guys were getting ready to go out and party. And after the game, they walked past the weight room and David Robinson was in there. And they looked at each other. He looked (laughs) at them. And they all walked back and put on some workout clothes and got a workout in. So what I'm saying is when you have the really good teams, when you have your best players who are veterans, doing stuff like that it was it's what makes the team better so even though al is a good addition he's not the franchise player you understand what i'm saying right. mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it has to come from the franchise people you know stuff like that and they're so young still at the same time they don't have that they don't really have that work ethic like that yeah and and but they, they were all like we can all criticize joel we can all criticize Ben, but they weren't like my friend who played for the Spurs because like, you know, they didn't have the David. Like when Joel came in here, you know, like he sat out two years and he was already the man. Like they told him he was going to be the man. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Ben. It wasn't like, you know, can you imagine if Ben came here and he had a guy like Chris Paul who was in the locker room and like, this is what you have to do and how much better he would be right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, insane. These are the things that Sam Hickey did not take into account. Yep, exactly. And, All and about the numbers. It was, yeah, that, that, that's the problem with the process. It was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand what they did. They got, and, and I'm not criticizing the process. All I'm saying is that these guys just didn't have any veterans there with them. So then you bring in a guy like Al Horford, who's a worker bee. You know, he, he does everything, but he's not a vocal guy. So it's like, then all of a sudden people are like, oh, well, he's not a good leader. It's not really he's not a good leader. It's just that that wasn't his role. 
he's just a worker big. And typically when you want that, you know, you want like the Michael Jordan type of guy. Like, you know, if, if, if he's the best on the team and he's saying that stuff, it means more than just like the role player, you know what I mean? Who's, who's struggling to figure to fit into the system. You know, it, it, it just means so much more for that person to be the superstar, to be that one. That's the rah-rah yeller, like how a Kevin Garnett was, you know? Now, Doc said that he wants to play at a faster pace this year than the Sixers did last year. He also said he, want the, he wants them to be a top seven offense. Do you think that he or Elton are, are going to push and beat heavily to lose some weight? Because I feel if he wants to play at a faster pace, Embiid's got to got to drop a couple pounds. Or I mean, I how do you so. feel I mean, about that? I mean, I think they're going to they're going to tell him he needs to get. I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to like like say, all right, push. This is what you have to do. But I think they'll they'll have a talk with him, and Embiid will probably come back in in, in better shape. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. so. They have him listed at 250, which we all know is a lot. There's absolutely no way he's 250. In my opinion, he came in shape. 2017 was probably the most in shape he he played in his NBA career. Do you I like I know like you just said that they're not gonna push him that way, but do you think that they kind of push him to see that? in 2017 how more athletic he was and how like do you think that they will go back and show him clips of back then to be like look we're trying to run a faster pace offense look at you this season compared to 2017 when you were able to run up and down the court you could see how more fluid you were in your your post game and in your your dribbling and all that like how do you think they could I mean I just think that it, it just a talk to him saying, hey, listen, you know, and, and again, this is just my opinion. Like, you know, hey, listen, you, you look at it and, you know, you want to be the best you can. Mm-hmm. And to be the best that you can, you have to come in and shape. You have to do this and that, you know. Um, I, I it, it, it will cut down on your injuries and things like that. And I think it's coming from credibility when you got a guy like Doc Rivers who's been in the league for so long, you know, and mm-hmm. coached a lot of players. That's what I think. I mean, you're right. 2017 was a great year for him, but you got to be honest when, you know, this guy, the goal for him is to say, we want you to have an injury free season. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to play. We're probably going to um, low manage you in regards to like games played and stuff like that. Minutes played. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we want to make sure that you go into the playoffs injury free. And mm-hmm. the best way to do that is to be take care of your body, get the proper rest, you know, do everything, eat the right foods. You know what I mean? And I think that's it. And but and the one thing I will say about Joel, like if you you know, y'all know how his contract was. Mm-hmm. It was one of those like it was based off of minutes played and all this other stuff. So he's killing himself. To get to get the minutes played, but at the same time he wasn't coming into the season in shape. Now was it because of injuries um, that he had before, or 
you know, or like a lot of times when he took a couple of days off, he always came back 10, 15 pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right, that 250, like a lot of the, um, a lot of the weights that they have for these players are what they were weighed at the NBA draft combine or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when they, yeah, Big before, time. It was, it was before they even played a game. Right. That's why you look at you like, what you mean that dude's too yeah. like, <laughs> like ninety? That's seven two center. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's what it is. It's like what they measure out like before the draft. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, that's so Keith, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Um I, I could I think we can we can all say that we're happy that uh Glenn Rivers is the head coach of the Sixers. <laughs> He's the doc, baby. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, like, like, here's the thing. He 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 likes Doc because he was a huge fan of Doctor J. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I just call him Doc because that's what I, you know, that's his name. So he, one question on your way out: Does Doc Rivers bring us a championship? Wow, that's tough. They're gonna have to do some stuff to that roster. I mean, I I, I do. I, yes I, or no? I, I don't think. I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, like. I got to see what this roster is going to look like. Like right now, if you say that, that they keep the roster the same, I I don't, I don't think so. Now he does have five years. So who knows, but there's some Miami heat, Boston Celtics are pretty good. Now, if you guys ask me a year from now and the roster is completely different, then I'll probably say, yeah, but. I yeah, also we'll get think back that, to that five-year deal was telling that Doc was going to give the 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 duo of Joel and Ben a year or two to see if it meshes, and if it doesn't, something might happen. Yeah, something could happen after this year if it does. Yeah, if they don't mesh, yeah, mm-hmm. and then they'll get some great assets. <laughs> so 20, exactly. Twenty twenty-three. I'll see you on Broad Street. <laughs> All, right. All right, I'm gonna hold you to it. <laughs> All thanks, right, Keith. All right, all right, Keith. Thanks, Keith. So I appreciate much. it. We appreciate Be safe. It. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, until next time, see you. Go, Be Peace. Safe. Peace. 76ers play by play announcer. He's talking.